The title of this message is called Our Faith. So we're going to start in First uh, Peter today, chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse, and we're going to start in verse 3. It ties into everything that I was talking about in the series Prepare Yourself. Okay, so First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And I'm going to start reading. And it says here, from verse 3, I'm going to read 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the, in the last time. What I want to focus on is verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. So what's going on here? Peter is talking to the Jewish Christians. He wrote this letter because many of them, uh, the Christians in Jerusalem were being persecuted. And many dispersed different regions outside of Jerusalem, running away from being persecuted. And he wrote this letter to encourage them. And they can relate because the persecution is not, it's not easy because you have to leave your home. Where everything you have, everything you know, because of your faith, because of your trust in Christ, you have to just pick up and just leave everything. Just grab what you can and leave. That is, you know, when you read these things, you don't understand the stress that these families have to go through when you're being persecuted. You have to leave everything and go. You don't have time to sell your house. You just pick up and you go. So we read through these things and we, are, we don't ever really pay much attention to the circumstances, the context of what we're reading. But anyhow, let's, let's, I want to touch on two, uh, two things in this verse. It says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundance mercy has begotten us again. What does that begotten us again mean? Begotten us again means it has to do with our rebirth. When we get born again in Christ. Begotten again. So we were born once naturally and we who are begotten now in Christ born again by the Spirit. That's what he's referring to. Born again what? To a living hope. And that is through what Jesus accomplished. Because of what Jesus accomplished, His death and resurrection, we have been begotten by the Spirit to a living hope. So there is something we have, and they talk about an inheritance. So whatever it is we are in inheriting, it is incorruptible and it's undefiled. It's pure. And it's reserved, it says, in heaven for us. But of course, we can experience the reality of that inheritance while we're walking this earth. We can experience some of that. But we will get... We will. We will get all of our inheritance when we are redeemed. When we are fully redeemed. But it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Ready to be real in this last time. So we are kept by the power of God through faith. And let me give you an example. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. It's something that's a supernatural event that takes place. And I want to show you one of the ways God's power keeps us when we walk by faith. Daniel chapter 3. I will start reading eventually at verse 16, but I want to give you um, 
a context of what's happening. So in chapter 3, we're talking about the King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He made an image of gold. So the Babylonian people, the king and his, his subjects, they don't worship the God of Israel. They worship other gods. Nebuchadnezzar got it in his head to, to make this, this new image of gold. And he sent for people in leadership whom he set in place to manage his empire to dedicate the image. So the image is complete. He has it set in a certain place and he invited all his subjects, especially the people of leadership, to come now and they're going to dedicate this golden image. So a, a decree or law was set for any time people heard musical instruments in symphony playing, they were supposed to bow down and worship, fall down and worship this golden image. Anytime you hear this music playing, people were supposed to stop what they're doing, fall down and worship this image. If anyone did not comply, they were to be cast immediately into a burning fiery furnace. So we've, we've heard this story. With this new law, certain Chaldeans complained to the king about the Jews, and especially about the ones whom he has placed in leadership positions. So you have the non-Jews complaining to the king about the Jewish people he has working in his administration. What they were saying is they were referring to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. was referring to those three who disobeyed the new law and never served the Babylonian gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego never served the Babylonian gods. It was never on the king's radar. But with this new image, you have the Chaldeans starting to complain to the king that you have these Jewish people work in your administration, but they're not complying with your decree, with your law. So he brought that to King Nebuchadnezzar's attention. So the king sent for these three men to inquire about what was reported to them. So he had them brought in his presence. And he said, and he wanted to find out, why aren't you, this is what I heard. And he gave them an ultimatum. He said, when you hear the music, you fall down and worship. If you do not, you will be cast into the burning fiery furnace. So he gave them an ultimatum. So we're going to pick it up in verse 16 and I want you to see something. And this is very pertinent to the being kept by the power of God through faith. In verse 16 it says, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, after he gave them the ultimatum, after the king gave them the ultimatum, this is what they said. They said, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. We don't need to answer you. We don't need to give you an answer. He said, look, if this is the case, if this is, these are our options, if this is the ultimatum you have given us, he said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God. Nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Now listen to this. The context. Get the context. You have these three Jewish men in a position of leadership. So you know they won't, they won't, they won't pour. If they had influence, they won't pour. And they say, King, I hear what you're saying. However, this is how it's going to be. 
our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. They're telling the king, basically, we are not going to worship your God. Doesn't matter what you do to us, we are not going to worship your God. And he is able to deliver us. So there is something they know, there is a conviction in their heart about the God of Israel, the God they serve. They do not fear the king or what he will do to them. They reverence God. They fear their God over the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Because they know what their God can do. But he say, if not, if he doesn't deliver us, doesn't matter, we're not going to worship your God. That takes courage. Courage to stand before your boss. Who is telling you to cook the books? Who is telling you to bear false witness or whatever against someone? You stand before, before your boss and say, I can't do that. That is illegal. That's not right. Because you say, if you don't do it, you're gonna, I'm going to fire you. You have a mortgage. You have debt. But the boss is telling you to do something contrary to what you know is right. And you're going to have the guts to stand up and tell him, I'm not doing it. But you're put in a situation where you have to... They, they make a decision to stand for, for what God represents. Because they were not going to discredit their God. Now, <clears throat> let's go to verse 19. Watch this. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. What happened? He was in shock. He was not expecting them to defy him. So he was mad. That's why they said the expression on his face changed. How do I know he was mad? Well, look at this. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he, verse 20, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind the men, these men, and cast them into the burning fiery, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So they just took them the way they were, bound them, and they just threw them in the fiery furnace, which was heated seven times its normal temperature. Verse 22, Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, you hear that? His was urgent because the king was saying, I want it done now. Now. I want them in there right now. Okay, that's why it said it was urgent. And the furnace exceedingly hot. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So the king was upset. I'm trying to use a nice calm word. He was, he was mad. So he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times harder bound them and the people who were assigned to throw those three guys in the furnace they got killed they got scorched and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the furnace and the king noticing something he said wait a minute there are four people in there walking around 
How can that be? How can that be? In the natural, that makes no sense. In the natural, that makes no sense. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were walking by faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked by faith. Because what was the first commandment? Thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God. And it says what was some of the others? Thou shalt have no other gods. Talking about idols. They were not. They were following those commandments. No matter what it cost them. So they believed God. So they were walking by faith. They stated what they believed. The truth. What they believed they stated. And what they said was the truth. Because it was in line with what God said. How they are supposed to conduct themselves. They said we don't care what you, what you say. This is what we are going to do. And if our God chooses. He is more than able to deliver us. Nevertheless. We are not going to serve your idols. We are not serving your God. So they were walking by faith. And not only that. They acted on it. Because they didn't even beg for their life. They just threw them in the furnace. They didn't even beg for their life. There is no way. They could have saved themselves from the furnace. Other than by obeying the king. And disobeying God. They had a choice. They could have saved themselves. But it would have cost them. Their relationship with God. But they chose not to. So they had a true reverence for God. And were more concerned about pleasing God than the king. They were willing to die for their faith in God. Because that's what it is. Their faith was being put to the test. You worship this idol or else we're going to take your life. They were, their faith was being tested. So how did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego survive the burning fiery furnace? It says in verse 25, easily right there. The king said, look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And he said, the fourth, the form of the fourth, the form, that's important, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. How did they survive the burning fiery furnace? Well, I'm glad you asked. How did they survive? God intervened by his mighty power. God intervened by his mighty power. How do you know that you're going to get healed? How do you know that if you, you're driving your car and you see something happens on the highway and you, and you get through it, the car just misses you, some car out of control, just misses you, or you see something or you hear something, things that we, we encounter and you say, I don't know how I made it through that. I don't know how I survived it. It is what? The grace of God. It is the power of God. People say, oh, it's circumstances, it's luck. No, it is the power of God. So God intervened by His mighty power in their circumstance. We call it a supernatural event. But to God it is a norm. Why is it a supernatural event? Because those three men should have burned up in the furnace. But they were walking around and there was a fourth person in there. It could have been an angel. It, probably, it was an angel, but it was a supernatural event. God intervened. He stepped into time and space and protected these three men. Because if you read later, it said they came out. They didn't, not a hair on their head was burnt, nor did they even smell a smoke. So God supernaturally intervened. 
by His power to keep us. How many times we talk about our testimony when we didn't have a job and we pray and by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit showed us how to pray. And when we pray, miraculously, for us it's a miracle, you get job offers. God intervenes by His power and makes a way where there is no way. But we are kept by His power through faith. Important, remember, it's by their faith God was able to step in and keep them by His power. Because if you don't walk by faith, because it's your faith that's going to keep you. You understand what I'm saying? Your faith is what prompts God, frees God to act on your behalf. It's your faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you walk by faith, God is obligated by His power to keep you. He's obligated by His power to save you, to rescue you. Because that's what He said in His Word. If you honor Me, I will honor you. If you trust Me, you will never be ashamed. I will deliver you. That is His Word. But you what? Trust. What is trust? And honor. You're walking by faith. You're trusting Him. And if you don't walk by faith, you tie His hands. He cannot exercise His power to help you if you don't walk by faith. You understand what I'm saying? It's very important. That's why it says we are kept by the power of God through faith. There is nothing God cannot do. God works both in the spirit realm and the natural to achieve His ultimate purpose. Which is what? To keep His word. You understand? Do you hear what I'm saying? God works in the natural. He works in the spirit realm. He will manifest in the natural to keep His word. But His Word, it's only contingent if we walk by faith. Because if you're not walking by faith, He can't, you tie His hands because He can't go against His Word. You hear what I'm saying? If you want to live any old way, you don't want to trust God, He cannot intervene in your life. Why? Because He's going against His Word. I don't know how else to break it down. People get mad at God when God doesn't want to do this and do that. But are you walking by faith? Are you trusting Him? Because if you're not, he, you tie his hands. He cannot go against his word. Because he says clearly, if you trust me, I will deliver you. What's the opposite? If you do not trust me, I will not deliver you. If you honor me, I will honor you. If you do not honor me, I will not honor you. It is very simple. So he has to keep his word. God intervened in the, intervened in the trial or circumstances surrounded his servants. He saved them from certain death. They were kept preserved by the power of God through or by their faith. Do you understand? Listen, the only reason they would have died in the furnace is because God was finished with them. And even if they died in the furnace, he still kept them because their spirit, he will take their spirits. They will not see corruption. They won't see hell. He keeps them. He's keeping them, whether in life or death. God keeps us through it because of our faith. We mustn't be afraid to die. We must not be afraid to die. Whether we live, Paul said, whether I live or die, I'm in Christ. I, ra- I would rather be with Him, leave the body and be with Him, but it's better if I stay so I could minister. But whether I live or die, I'm in Christ. They weren't afraid to die. Because they knew God had them. God kept them by His power. 
People don't understand when you out of, when you're not in Christ. When you close your eye, you don't know what you're going to see. You're probably going to see demons. You're probably going to see you're going to see corruption. But when you're in Christ, when you when you leave this body, God will not allow you to see that. He will bring you right into His presence. How do I know that? We read the account of Stephen. When Stephen was leaving his body, when he was stoned, being stoned, he opened his eyes and he said, Oh my God, he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. He came right into the presence of God. That's why when you are a child of God, you have no need to fear death because God will keep you by your faith. You will never see corruption. Never. When you are leaving this body, you will not see darkness. You will only be in the light. Glory to God. I'm telling you. So there are many other examples in the Bible of people God kept by His power as they walk by faith. Let me give you an example. The angel of the Lord, when we, Christmas time, we talk about the birth of Jesus. The angel of the Lord visited Joseph in a dream, another supernatural event, and warned him about Herod and instructed him to take the baby Jesus to Egypt. That was a supernatural event. God kept them by His power. Because they were walking by faith. God warned him in a dream. He said, go to take my, take the child to Egypt. The child and his mother. Stay there until I call, back, I, call, I call you back. God stepped in time and space. Gave him a dream. And said, this is what you need to do. And what, what did Joseph do? He obeyed. He obeyed. He walking by faith. Why would I want to get up and leave my home and go all the way to Egypt? That's a long, that's a long trip. But these people, they weren't thinking about what their, their possessions. They weren't thinking about, you know, many of us are like, I can't leave my home. You know, you get a dream from God saying, you know, uh, we're going to have a serious earthquake or something in this area. is going to trash all these houses. You're like, you, then you wake up and you're like, eh, I don't know, that's just a dream. And you know, it's hard because you put so much of your life, your sweat and blood into all the things you have. And the angels come in and tell you, oh, you got to pick up and go. A lot of us won't want to do it. But you stay and you run the risk of losing everything, losing your life too. You know, there are times God is going to put us in a position where we have to make some really hard choices. Really, really hard choices. And I believe we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm just saying what, he, what the Word of God says about the last, uh, the last day. So that was one example. God instructed him. And, and, and that's how God intervenes. That's how he keeps us by his power. Through faith. When we walk by faith. For by grace we have been saved. Through faith. That's what he's talking about here. In First Peter. He's talking about begotten. It's by grace we have been saved. Through faith. How do you get born again? It's not us. It is the it is God's grace, His power. He gives us as we believe. Because when you believe, you're, it's an act of faith. And God by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit. It's like impregnating your spirit with His life. And you get born again. You get, you, your, your eyes start opening to something that you never saw before. The reality of God. So He says, we have, we have been what? By grace, we have been saved through faith. This same salvation they're talking about in First Peter. It's by grace, but it's through faith. 
Because we believe in what Jesus did on the cross and His resurrection. God saved us by His power. We are begotten, born of the Spirit, by faith in the finished work of Christ. We are preserved in Christ as we walk by faith. And if we keep trusting, believing and walking by faith, we will keep abiding in Christ. And God will keep us by His power. Why? Because that is His promise. Listen, this walk of faith, you know, the series I was talking in, the series preparing itself, I was talking about abiding in the vine. You get grafted in because we are the wild olive branches. Or, the, or if you want to say in this context, the wild grape branch, branch, uh, vine, um, uh, branches. We are grafted in by faith. How do we get in Christ? By faith. Because we believe we are begotten by the Holy Spirit. So we are grafted in by faith. And how do we stay in Christ? By faith. Everything we do is by faith. Even the promises that God would give us, we acquire it by faith. You can't do enough to get it. The only thing you do is believe and trust and grow in Christ. So the Holy Spirit can teach you and show you how to walk in the light. And as you walk in the light, the power of God keeps you. That's why we mustn't be afraid to go certain, to go and do as we are led by the Spirit. Because the, the, we are not to talk fear. The only time you'll be fearful if you're somewhere God didn't tell you to go. But if we, when we go to work, wherever we go to the supermarket, don't be fearful. Trust God's power to keep you. They could be shooting up all of ShopRite or whatever. No play. Nothing will come near you. God is going to keep you in the midst of all the chaos that's going on. That is His promise to us. We must not fear. We are not to fear walking this earth. So understand why your faith is so important. Why your faith has always been attacked. And it's not only attacked. God allows certain things so that our faith can grow. And the enemy attacks you also. Because why? If he takes your faith, if he discourages your faith, if he keeps your faith from growing, God cannot act in your life. Therefore, he has free reign to work in your life. If you see your kids acting crazy, don't panic. Do not panic. God will keep his word. You pray in line with God's will for their life. They could be acting crazy. You call those things that be not as though they already are. Why? Because God is faithful to your word. You speak his word, he will keep his word to you. You pray for those kids in line with his word. He will, he will turn around those kids. God will do it. He will do it. I know he will do it. He will do it. But we don't try to fix them. Why? What do we do? We try to be an example to the, of the kids. Of the life of God in Christ. We are not perfect. We mess up. But we keep at it. We keep moving by faith. We keep walking by faith. And don't be afraid to tell your kids you messed up. I messed up. I was wrong. But they see how we live in the reality in God. What it takes to walk by faith. That we are not perfect. But we are being perfected when we walk by. Every step of faith we take, we are being perfected. Because our faith is being strengthened. 